What's up, former party people? This is Jerry, you know, the one who actually combs his hair on the A is for Alcoholic podcast. Now, if you're finding value in listening to the AIFA podcast every week and you want to support sharing it with others, we invite you to become a sustaining monthly or per show contributor. Go to patreon.com backslash AIFA. It's super easy and it only takes a quick moment. It's about as easy as buying one of those pre-cooked space chickens from the grocery store, taking it outside, giving it a big old kiss, and kicking it into traffic. (laughs) Why would you do that? Anyway, you do you, and I'll do me. Again, go to patreon.com backslash AIFA. And with that, people, let's start the show. A is for Alcoholic is a program about recovery. My name is John, and I'm an alcoholic. And my name is Jerry, and I'm an alcoholic. Join us as we go through the alphabet of alcoholism one letter at a time. Oh, wait, did you have an itch in your throat or something? I must have. Yeah, it's not the it's not the Rona. I mean, I can still taste things. I mean, I that's I think. <laughs> I love it, dude. The coughing fit at this point. I'm like, are you gonna be? Are you all right? It's just an itch, right? Just tell me it's an itch. It's just sometimes. Yes, it's just an itch. It's just a little. <clears throat> sometimes you know you just get a little. What do they call it? Just a little phlegm in there. Yeah. Just a little little pre-pod phlegm. (laughs) Pre-pod phlegm. Yeah, he's just lubing it up, getting ready. That's gross. But, um, no, so you were saying that... So, yeah, so we were talking before we started recording, might as well record now, about (laughs) me going to a Zoom AA meeting, and John was like, did you get anything out of it? And I flat out was like, no. (laughs) He's like, did you feel better afterwards? And I was like, no. (laughs) <laughs> and then I was being snarky and fucking feeling sorry for myself. And I'm like, as long as I don't drink, right? Don't drink, Jerry. And then John was like, do you want to drink? And I was like, I don't want to. And I think my analogy for it is kind of crude, you know, but it's kind of like setting up this whole elaborate thing to jerk off. And you got this whole elaborate thing. You have all this stuff, all these different sexy lubes <laughs> and 550 tabs open. And then you were like, go through all this work and then you jerk off and, <laughs> and you bust a nut in like 30 seconds and then you still have to clean up all that shit and close out all the tabs with your 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 post nut busting shame that's the only way i could really relate to drinking right now is like it is so much work for that tiny bit of whatever that is you get i get from drinking right that's, that's exactly how i think of it is just like and then i got to do all this embarrassing cleanup Right. And, then, <laughs> and I got six tabs open with some mm-hmm. real weird shit. Yeah. Right. Which, you know, I mean, there, I think in there too that there might be some, uh, I think there's, a, and we're not talking about this today, but um, there is a lot no. of, I think, unnecessary shame in sexuality that we of go course. through. You know, right. I mean, you and I yeah, both yeah, yeah. go through, and I've talked about this with, with my girlfriend, and she's like, really you feel and i'm like yeah i don't know i mean i guess it's just from deep other deep rooted cultural uh teachings about how absolutely dude yeah we're from that last generation of that shit dude and so you know when i think about that and so it's that 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 shame and then you're like oh i had that one little moment of like ah and could i mean a glass of whiskey sounds fucking awful and at the same time like what that would be super awesome for that one second for that one second yeah it's that one second and then all that fucking work at this point i've trained my mind over the past six years to equate drinking with work like just Mm. too much work so to me it's not even a release or relief anymore it's just it's not my respite from the world. It's just extra work added onto my world. And I, if people listen to the podcast a lot, they'll know that common theme with me where I hate work and I don't want to do extra work. And now booze is extra work. And all it is is a detriment. It just mm-hmm. adds more work to the emotional and physical work I have to do every day already. You know? Right. Man, I want to get no drunk during no fucking pandemic, dude. Damn, dude. It would Let's be make awful. it harder. Yeah, it would be awful. Like, this already sucks. Let's just make it extra hard. Let's mm-hmm. do some more shit to make it hard. Now I got my wife mad at me and my kid all confused as to why dad's doing that weird shit. He's, nah, man, I don't need all that extra shit. My why is he dude. sleeping in the garage again? Crying. You know? Yeah, punching shit and crying and no, making me listen to some fucking stupid song over and over again. 
Listening Nick, to the cure, <laughs> the cure, Nick Cave. Some. Oh yeah, brother, my cup is brother, empty. My Nick cup Cave. is empty. That's yeah. what I was thinking too. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Welcome to A's for Alcoholic podcast. Boom. That's our our intro was forty-five year old man talking about masturbating. That's great. Hey man, this is this Woo. is real life in the pandemic. Um, it's uh. It's a trip. It doesn't always make you feel good. It doesn't always bring you the comfort that you want, those things, you know? And so, yeah, I think that's, I would say that one of the, one cool thing I heard, I heard in a meeting was that sobriety is like a stool, right? So it has like three legs and whatever those three legs are for you, maybe one is service, maybe one is meetings, one is program. And if one of those legs is not doing well, you know, you have to, you have to focus on the other two that do work. So you know, your program is not solely going to meetings. For some people, those meetings right. are saving their life. Absolutely. Right? Yeah, I will never discount a meeting or, or put right. a meeting into that box where I'm like, this is use- useless. It's not useless at all. Right. Yeah. It's just that this particular meeting at this particular moment in your life didn't bring the refreshing. Right. You didn't have the Mentos moment right. afterward. I had a drinking dream, and so I decided to go to a meeting. Mm-hmm. And the weird thing about the drinking dream was every drinking dream I've ever had, I start drinking, and then my brain goes, you're not supposed to be drinking. And then I panic, right? Every single mm-hmm. one I've had, and I've only had a little handful of them. And this dream, I was already, I had already been drinking. Like my dream now in my mind was like, hey, you're drunk again. You're just a drunk asshole again, and that's your life. And I had oh. accepted it in the dream. Like, my mindset was like, well, this is what I am, so I guess I fucked that up. So here I am, and this is what I am, so this is what I do now. And the acceptance of it scared the shit out of me, that I had accepted it. Like, I woke mm-hmm. up not patting my body to make sure all my limbs are still there. I woke up, like, hard. Like, not hard. That's the wrong word. I woke up, like, <laughs> in my mind, you know, hardened in my mind, I guess. Yes. This is still the wrong word for it, but I just, it was a difficult awakening. Like it was heavy. Like I was kind of bummed. I was like, damn, I had just, that part of me accepted it again. Like that old part of me that lies dormant right now, Mm -hmm. just kind of walked up and was like, all right, I got this. Yeah, this is what you are now. Remember? And I was like, I don't want (sighs) to remember though, you know? So I had to go to a meeting and... And I shared that and I watched everybody's little heads nod on the Zoom camera. So I know they can relate. You know, I know they can relate. It's just, you know. But that being said, like, I haven't really thought about it in the past few days either. So those things come and pass. You know, if I start obsessing on it, then I'm calling you and being like, what do I do, man? Mm -hmm. This is kind of stupid. Yeah. Oh, shit. But, but, you know, I dropped something. And you don't. It's good to have somebody to be able to call, but you also, you have more than just meetings at your disposal to help you keep yourself in check. I got tools to use, but the yes. meetings also, I kind of, sometimes I look at the meetings as a place I go to like rehone my tools. Do you know right. what I mean? Like I'm like, oh, this, this blade of recovery needs sharpening. Mm-hmm. Got to go to the old shed and sharpen it up. And then mm-hmm. I go and sit with all the boomers, all the, you know, all this. <laughs> And the boomers show me how to do it because that's right. you asked me how it was, and I was like, it was all it's all mostly all boom baby boomers, which is fine. Mm-hmm. I love them; they're mm-hmm. all right. I mean, they did some shit, but our generation did some shit too. So you know, yeah, yeah. Well, you went. I mean, that's <laughs> the, the the thing is, is that you you knew what to do, right? Even if you were like, yes. man, I feel bad, I feel terrible. God, why did I have this dream? Right. And they're not fun. I mean, I I didn't. I've no. only had a handful in the beginning and I haven't had one in a very long time, but right. they're, they're, they're extraordinarily emotionally, um, heavy. Yes. They right. feel real in the moment, especially right. with like, you want to talk about the guilt and shame. You're, I don't need to, I mean, maybe it's just a pleasant reminder in the, in this pandemic of what you do not need, you know, not exactly. a pleasant and unpleasant yeah. reminder. Yeah. Yeah, not a I think, reminder. you know, it's just one of those things, man. It's yeah. just, it is, I, I'm an, I'm an addict. I'm addicted to alcohol and, mm-hmm. or I was addicted to alcohol. I mean, mentally, I don't know, you know, spiritually, whatever, you know, I still carry mm-hmm. that addiction, but the brain goes there. So I have to understand physiologically that that shit happens. It's just the chemistry in the <clears> brain. Yeah. Is it a sign that my program's not working? I don't know. I mean, I've. I feel sad, but who the fuck doesn't feel sad right now? If you're like 
bright siding this shit like way too hard i'm gonna be like you're wild you're fucking drunk you know <laughs> like my wife bright sides it but within reality she's like this sucks and we need to find something that shimmers in this or i just can't make it that's how my wife is you know me yeah. personally i'm like this is all just hot garbage and you're the one thing that helps me bright side it but if you're just rolling out like I work on my sourdough, work on my body, everything's great. I'm like, you're fucking, you're taking Adderall. Like, you're, there's something going on with you. What's our letter for today? <clears throat> I'm so glad you asked, Jerry. Yeah, yeah, let's get <laughs> In this bright that. mood of yours. Um, oh, man, I'm so sorry. Yeah. <laughs> it's all right. I, I, today, our letter is M, and M was is could be we can we can still change it midstream if we need to would be mm-hmm. uh, my favorite things in sobriety or of oh, sobriety. Fuck. So well, I, I just I'll lay I'll a big old turd <laughs> on that banquet table. <laughs> hey, at least it's steaming. No, right? we There's could absolutely do this though. We could absolutely do the. Uh, yeah. So I I wrote down some things in my journal, but oh, um. Geez. I'm not going to read them verbatim, but you know I'll just use it as like a jumping off I'm point. I'm just fucking um, with you. You can read your journal. Read us some of your poetry, John. Would you like to hear my one about the? Uh, the orange, <laughs> the orange skies of the West Coast fires. Oh, jeez. Yeah, I know. I, it's probably good. Actually, I thought you were gonna. I thought you were working on your dad joke material. Let's hear your favorite things in sobriety. So, um, I'll start with one, and you know, I want to talk about my relationship with my girlfriend, which wouldn't exist, and we're coming up on five years and um, together, which is mm-hmm. amazing to me. Like five years. That somebody, That's a long time. Right? Um, you know, I mean, you've... I I don't... I've never had a relationship this long. And I've never had one as healthy and happy and open and honest and communicative. And so mm-hmm. when I think about every other relationship and or just even... I mean, many of them, as you know, were not relationships. They were like fucking hookups or me right. abusing and manipulating and um, right. it's just hurting two, people. Two drunk people doing shit. Exactly. Yeah, you know? it's yeah. And so, you know, when I look at how I'm able to to develop that and be be present, I and I, I'm going to start using all the, the usual jargon that we use and all right. this stuff, but... Um, it's really important. And so yeah. I don't think that that relationship, it never would have existed had I not quit drinking and had I not been interested in developing my program of sobriety and recovery, mm-hmm. I don't think it would have lasted as long because yeah. you know that we don't, you don't need alcohol to be an asshole. <laughs> you know, no, you don't, you, need- don't. you don't. Yeah. You could still be sober and be selfish. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So it's um it's just one of those things that I'm like, okay, it's not always perfect. And in fact, it's sometimes there are huge challenges. You've got two human beings who are completely independent, who have have had entire lifetimes before we even met. And yeah. then to try to put two people together, um uh how do you do that? I mean, it's it's virtually, I don't want to say impossible, but it's very difficult to accept another person as they are who, you know, may or may not have, they've got a whole lifetime of experiences. So, right. Mm-hmm. So I just, in the context of sobriety, like that shit doesn't, wouldn't have happened. I would not have been able to keep this. I would yeah. not have, and not keep it like it's mine, but I would not be able to be I present mean, and, yeah. and participate in it. Right. Yeah. So, so it's like, what a blessing that this is actually, you know, um, this, this can exist in my life. And I go, okay. Because when I think about all the times I was drinking, most of it, in fact, almost all of it, I was alone. Yeah, you were. And there were, there were a couple, you know, relationships but like they were short-lived and not not done well (laughs) to say the least right but it was Mm -hmm. i was i never you know like we'd go out drinking and i was never interested in hooking up at the bar yeah like it never really occurred to me those things would happen but like very rarely and it was never my intent 
Right. You know, as a bartender, I would see dudes going in there and like trying to talk to girls all the time. And I'm like, Jesus Christ, just get drunk right. like a fucking decent human being. Right. <laughs> right. Exactly. Alone. Quit, quit hunting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's one of the things that I really appreciate. And I mean, I know that in, you know, like you've known your wife forever. Since we were kids. dude. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, it's almost, I don't want to say easier, but you've, you've grown up together. In some ways, in a way it that is, a lot of yeah. people mm-hmm. that a lot of people haven't. Right. It's very right. unique to know somebody. It is really it is. unique, you know, and I feel really lucky for that. And and yeah. Uh, yeah, we were apart for like over a decade, though. I mean, it's really weird, right, for me to be like, yo, it's high school sweetheart, you know, or whatever. But only when she was in high school. But. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But we were apart for a long time. We lived our separate lives. But yeah, in in some ways it is easier. But I also think in some ways it has its own difficulties in its own ways. You know, being married with a ten year old and navigating those those domestic things that I never ever pictured myself navigating. Even ten years later, I'm like, what the fuck am I doing right now, dude? Like, yeah, you know. Whereas my big goal is to maintain. Mm. A companion you know what i mean a companionship with my wife but then at the same point like my big fears nowadays are like fucking my kid up like i don't want to fuck my kid up so like every day i'm like i'll lose patience or i'll get frustrated or i'll say some shit in front of her that's overtly negative because i have no filter sometimes and then i'm like damn am i fucking this kid up and then i gotta sit down with my wife and be like man i don't want i don't want her to grow up like i did you know what i mean Mm -hmm. like yeah, I don't, that's the one thing, man. Like, I don't want my kid to grow up like me. Like, I don't, I mean, I want her to take parts of me, but not, I would only want her to skim just the nice cream off the top of that shit. You know? Well, like, yeah, I mean, that's, um, that's part of it. And that's part of what you're like, well, here's what I want to impart upon you. And of course, we can't control that entirely. Kids no. see what they see and they pick up right. things that when you know you're not even looking they interpret their own shit their own way but i'd say that's one of my favorite parts of sobriety is being present and aware of what's going on Mm. and having Mm. that actual present thought and then being able to analyze that thought and and then accept it just like the way you said it like she's just like with you and your girlfriend do you have two adults who have lived an entire life she's starting to live a life and so she is processing in the way she processes Mm -hmm. and i think um i know if i were still drinking i wouldn't I wouldn't be able to recognize that because we live in the bubble, right? Like we live in in our little self-absorbed bubble and everybody else is just this bit player in our play, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's one of the most valuable things that uh, working, not even getting sober, but just working in recovery has shown me is that like, I'm not the center of all this. I'm just part of it. I'm just one of the pieces of it, making it move whatever direction it's moving, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. And so that's one of my favorite things is not only being aware of like what my actions are with my family, you know, but also knowing that like I am not the fucking thank God I'm not the center of the universe. Oh God, dude. <laughs> right? Like, wouldn't that be? Uh, I universe thought I would was, be in trouble, though, man. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I thought I was forever. I thought everything mm-hmm. revolved around me, and now I'm just mm-hmm. like that pressure's gone. Like, okay, if I show up to the podcast in a bad mood, it's. It's my fault. Like, it's partly my fault, but I'm not going to ruin John's life. Do you know what I mean? Like, I'm not going to reverberate out shit waves on everybody or try not to, you know. Mm-hmm. And that mood will turn around if I just ease it up. It always does. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's, I think, and relationships in general, you know, I yeah. think are something mm-hmm. that that previously was um, not... I don't want to say non-existent, but they were so highly, they were flammable. All of my relationships, my friendships, mm-hmm. my, my work, not just, not just like intimate ones, but friendships, um, work relationships, coworkers, right. mm-hmm. any, anybody I would meet, um, it was, everything was so flammable in my life and I had, yeah. and I was running around with a fucking blowtorch, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, like, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah. there was no time to even listen. And like, I think about that now too a lot. You know, I do these, um, you know, I talk to other people for the podcast and, you know, other stuff and, and I really try hard. And even when you and I are, are, are talking, it's very easy for me to come to this and have an agenda and have a outline and know where I want to go and where I want to kind of guide the conversation. But Mm -hmm. I feel like 
the best podcasts, the best conversations that you and I have are the ones where I'm actually listening to you huh. and waiting to kind of be inspired by something you say, not yeah. rather than just like, uh-huh. Yep. You're I welcome. Got, I got, I got You're a, welcome, I got, John. I'm holding <laughs> yeah, this whole right? thing together now. <laughs> exactly. Holding this whole thing up. <clears throat> but that didn't exist before. Right. In those relationships. Right. Mm-hmm. The uh, transactional, right? So mm-hmm. transactional mm-hmm. relationships have no longevity because eventually someone has runs out of shit to give you. And so you're like, well, why am I going to give to you if you're not giving to me? Right. Uh, every uh, Majority of the relationships I had were transactional. You give me and then I give to you if, if you give to me, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, be it whatever it is. You, you give me booze or you give me sex or you give me rides. And I'll provide whatever thing it is you need for me, you know, until eventually that that well runs dry. At least in my experience, that's yeah. what I did. And so, yeah, our relationships um, need to be interactional. You know, we interact. That's mm-hmm. why we hang out. <coughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. And our our relationship was highly. I mean, I I always feel like there was a underline there was there was some genuine love and camaraderie and, and yeah kinship yeah. i mean i'm not going to discount that yeah, but there absolutely. was a lot of transactional bullshit well, you give me and i give you i was always broke and you always had more money so i'm like buy me booze well, and you're like and, jerry's there for a good time or he'll do some tattoos or whatever well that too um and you when you i remember when you were making when you were in the heyday of the the, the cash flow was high at the tattoo yeah, shop the for tattoo you, shop. and you'd be mm-hmm. like, "Yeah, I got some of that big boy money. You want to go out and get some whiskey?" And you yeah. always used to say that to me. You know, <laughs> yeah, you're like, oh. I don't remember saying that. You would it's say so that, or, big boy or money. if I like, I had like gotten a big paycheck, and you're like, "Oh, you got that big boy money? Let's go, let's go." <laughs> you know, and I was like, I remember you always saying that, and so it was all. Oh, there was funny. definitely a level of transaction. Yeah, um, absolutely. They tore down the Flint Ridge. Oh, thank they, God. They tore oh, the it place down. I used to live. But I'm sorry, I know, right? This has no context at all whatsoever. <laughs> but that was that period of time we were hanging out was in that apartment complex. They tore that one down and they tore down that other the last place you lived in before you moved to Seattle. Oh wow. One behind one behind Max's. Oh really? Yeah. 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 Well that was a weird place anyway. That yeah. creepy stairway stairwell. Yeah. Or, yeah. It was like a house that separated into like four different apartments or five. Mm-hmm. But they tore so the past two places you lived in in Eugene are gone. They're just And I didn't see Charlton House either. I tried to drive by there last time we were there and I couldn't find and it the wasn't address. There? Hmm. I thought maybe I think I'm, it's still there. Okay. Maybe I just didn't recognize it because it was completely different on the outside. I know, right? And we bring this up during the pod. But the reason why I bring it up is because that was that period of time where I was making money is, you mm-hmm. know, when I first started making not dishwasher money and actually making I not even yeah, more than dishwasher money, big boy money. Mhm. But yeah. it was so there was definitely a level of transaction. Um mm-hmm. and I think another thing, something that one of my favorite things now um and although it is still a constant struggle, is the fact that I have my health. Yeah. And it's so much more important now, especially with all the shit that's going on out there. Smoke from forest fires, pandemic, like just the <laughs> fucking onslaught of unhealthy out in the world that just in mm-hmm. the physical world, you know? And we've both been very fortunate and i mean i know that your area has been hit a lot harder not only by the forest fires but um which is usually my department in california Mm -hmm. but um but also by covid yeah and having the health and and i wanted to ask you too about um and this is all kind of incorporated into that and one of my favorite things is health and running and exercise and yeah nutrition and and you said to me, you're like, oh, I got to run for the first time in two weeks. And I Dude. did the same the same thing mm-hmm. happened for me, you know, three weeks mm-hmm. after I hurt my back and then my foot was bothering yeah. me. And I'm just yeah. sitting there and then it's smoky outside for 10 days. <laughs> I know, and I'm like, dude. oh, my God, I just why this is not fair. And I'm like, but that's kind of a silly mm-hmm. attitude to have because it's not really about me. <laughs> Right, but it happens though. It's yeah. like your instinct. It's just uh, we'll forgive it. The podcast forgives it. <laughs> the pod, the pod forgives. The pod forgives. Yes. Um. So finding my way to health. Um. And you were a huge part of that because you just straight up lost weight by counting calories. 
Yeah. You weren't I'm still even counting. I know. I know. I saw it. And I was like, <laughs> Jerry did logged in 900 days. And I was like, I good for fucking him, man. Cause I kind of gave up on that and been trying to do it a little more organically. And mm. it's not been, you know, it's been, it's been up and down and it's been so fucking yeah. hit or miss for me. And, but that first day where the clear skies, I had the day off and I went out yeah. to the fucking woods and I just found all these crazy trails and I'm just out there with like just a pair of shorts and some running shoes on. And right. Is it. that your video you filmed? You, were you at Jack London's yeah. place? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And it, I'll How take, good, when you come man. down, when you come down, we'll go there. Yeah. We'll go there. Yeah, it's fucking absolutely. amazing. Yeah. Um. But, uh, but just the idea that, oh, I can be healthy and it's such an important part, you know, it's, I've said this again, I'll say it, I've said it before, I'll say it again. Health and nutrition seems so overlooked in the recovery community that I have seen. Now, there are other people that you can go and find lots of sober runners and weightlifters and nutritionists, Mm -hmm. and the, the resources are available and people are out there. I just don't see it talked about as much in my communities. And so I always try to bring it up in a very, um, non-judgmental way because you know somebody who's just trying bare knuckling it not trying to fucking drink you know chardonnay today doesn't need to hear about the you know the eight miles that i put in well and that's why it makes me laugh because i just imagine you sharing at a meeting and you're just like i don't know just talking about your run you're like Uh hey i couldn't run this week i couldn't do my eight miles I would, it's almost as bad as being like, and and just so you know, during my share, like during your share, just be like, I have a little podcast I do, uh, you know, like <laughs> what an asshole. Oh God. Um. So no, when I the mm-hmm. only reason I I well, when I brought it up to my in my home group when they would ask me to share, and let's be honest, they asked me to share. Right. right? And this is part of your life. This is part of your recovery. Part dude. of my you're recovery. Not, yeah, you're not pushing it. Yeah. So these people have seen me at my mm-hmm. biggest, at my yeah. most overweight, and they've yeah. watched me like just drop the pounds and so right i just you know basically i just kind of go like this is just a physical manifestation of making the better choices about what i put in my body and that yeah. includes alcohol mm-hmm. not to mention you know this and this is sort of all health and running and for me running in nature being able to find those areas yeah like i had no idea man like i didn't know that i could run until i did it right you know that's like, fucking rad. Yeah. I had no idea. I just thought it would it would be something that other people did and that it was like, you know. Um and you so the other thing about it and I think that you'll probably if you don't feel this today, I'm sure that you you will you will feel it one day, but running to me has been the most outside of second only to sobriety, quitting drinking. Right. Has been the most transformative thing in my life. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yes. Yeah. So so when it comes up so often on this podcast about recovery, mm-hmm. when it comes up every time somebody asks me to share, it's because yeah. it's had such a powerful impact. And so it has become one of those legs that I stand on, literally. Absolutely, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, like my therapist said, she said, John, so there's going to be some days you can't run and you're going to need to find other things because it sounds yeah. to me like you're, you're you know, standing, you know, you're you're pushing on this a little bit too hard. And so I, I can appreciate that too. Um, somebody said something about like they couldn't run and uh, a woman on, on Facebook and this thing, and she was commenting about, you know, I have to find other things and it has to be a more inclusive program of recovery. I have to mm-hmm. include more things than just this, like maybe the two or three yeah. is not enough and that there's mm-hmm. nothing wrong with finding another little thing that I can add, whether it be, right. you know, it doesn't have to be your every, if it's, if the only thing keeping you alive is Thursday's book study class, then right. keep going to it. Don't stop. Right. right? Mm-hmm. But there might be something else that I can incorporate into my week mm-hmm. right. that will bring me some, some joy, some relief. Mm-hmm. And I've just found that with like nature, walking even, you know, I mean, have you found that with running or is it, I mean, you talk, you joke and you're like, I still feel fucking shitty. I just need to get it in. 
Well, today was a shitty day, but today's yeah. a shitty day. There are days where I run where I have like a because today is honestly it's been a shitty few days, but that's all like up here, right, in my head. But I, I, there have been days where I've run and been like really inspired and cleared things out and figured things out. And there are days where I'm running and I'm like depressed and I'm like I'm in a fucking hole and I can't get out of the hole and I can't run my way out of the hole. And then there's days where I run and I'm like, dude, I am one part of fucking nature. Like, I am a tiny little fucking dandelion puff floating in the wind, and I have no purpose at all, and I love it. And there's, like, tears streaming down my face, and I'm and I'm running on, like, a city trail. I'm not even mm-hmm. in nature, dude. It's like, that must be mm-hmm. some embarrassing <laughs> shit. Like, my ass running down the city trail, you know, with sunglasses, I'm crying through the sunglasses, listening to some beautiful song and feeling ephemeral. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, feeling, like, impermanent. And that's the thing I love about running is that tiny feeling of impermanence like i love it like i'm just part of one thing that's moving along with everything else so i do love it and and what you said really struck me when you said i never thought i could run i never thought i could do that i never thought i could do any of this shit i just started doing it and the reason why i did it was because i could get sober if i could stop drinking why can't i just fucking count my calories it's not that hard like jerry you need to only eat 1400 calories in a day to lose a pound a week or whatever it was I was doing. So you just got to do that. You just do just do that and it's going to be hard and you're going to want to fucking snack and want whatever it is you want. Then mm-hmm. eat popcorn. Eat fucking grapes one at a time. Eat a fucking cucumber. Just eat pickles. I ate a lot of fucking pickles, dude. <laughs> That's right. I, th- I forgot yeah. about pickles. I just made some pickles too recently. And so the thing is like if I could commit Alcohol's always been my litmus test because it was my fucking greatest love. You know what I mean? Mm, it was yeah, the thing yeah, I, I thought made me a person. And so I had to get rid of that and realize it was all a lie. And we have talked about the deception of alcohol and alcoholism and the lies your brain will tell you to continue getting what it wants. And uh, yeah, if I could drop all that shit, well, why can't I make these adjustments in my life? And the running thing is funny how you took off with it because I think – you started running first because I was kind of mm-hmm. walking but not running. And I was like lifting weights, like lifting my my barbell, my little dumbbells, you know, mm-hmm. my little seven pound. I started off with my little seven pound dumbbells. And then you're like, well, I'm running. And I'm like, well, I want to try running. And so I had a Fitbit. I still wear it, you know. And I had the Fitbit always set to walk. And I would just run a little bit and then walk. And then one day I remember this tangible like switching over and and recording the exercises from walk to run. You know, because you can record each exercise and it'll record what you're doing if you press a button on the side of it. And it's in the category. So I had to, I remember this really significant day where I'd switched the category over from walk to run. I was like, I'm going to commit to running this now. Not just, this isn't no more walking. I got the, this is my big boy Fitbit. No more big boy money. This is the big boy Fitbit (laughs) category. Uh I I don't know if I'm going in circles, but I would say everything you're bringing up are my favorite things in recovery. You know, the relationships I have with the people around me, the relationship I have with you and and the depth that we've gone to at this point as friends. We couldn't, even talking to Coda, the depth I've gone to him and I don't talk to him often, but knowing that like there's this part of Coda that is really shining right now, that makes me feel good. Dude, you know what one of my favorite parts of recovery is, is empathy. I never had that. I never felt like I, I did, but I didn't, it was always a sympathetic empathy. Like I felt sad for other people, but to feel good, like actually feel good for someone else, man, I never had that. I never really had that. So to see my friends doing well. And to see the people I care about being healthy and happy and trying to get their shit together, like that actually sincerely makes me feel good, which it never, I never gave a fuck before. I'm like, what are you getting sober? You ding back. Good luck, dude. You'll mm-hmm. be back here. You'll be right back in the fucking You'll be right back me. here. Yeah. Yeah. After these messages, you'll be right back. You know? <laughs> I'll keep your seat warm, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> uh. So I think that's one of my other things too. I'll throw that in there is that sense of empathy and not for the sake of sympathy, empathy where we're all crying, but empathy like good fucking job. I'm really fucking proud of you. You know, to all you guys, you and and Coda and a couple other people that I know closely who are just, you know, the friends of mine who I used to drink with who don't, who are just sober now, just don't drink anymore. You know, I'm really Mm -hmm. proud of those dudes. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Those people, those men and women. Yeah. 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 It's, um, I want to go back to what you were saying about your. Hmm. Not, I was going to say Garmin watch, but I don't. It's the, the your Fitbit. My Fitbit. Um, and you were talking about because I don't have a Fitbit. I was um, thinking about you today in the Fitbit. I, I wanted running. to get like a. I, I mean, I, I I went shopping for one of these fitness watches, 
and then I saw how much they cost, and I stopped shopping because mm-hmm. <laughs> they're like, you can spend like six hundred dollars on a goddamn watch. Oh no, that's too much. But um, I remember on using my phone to track all this stuff, yeah, and having that same thought about the walk versus run because I would always mm-hmm. log it in as a walk, and I logged it in as a walk, and and yeah. then I was like, well. You can't be cheating, John, and log it in as a run. You know, like, oh, this That's this exactly wasn't a I run. Mm-hmm. And in my brain, I'm like judging myself about yeah. what I'm logging in as as a walk or a run on a app on my phone. Yeah. Like, I'm having this internal turmoil over right. this. It's so fucking nothing. It's right? like so it's nothing. nothing. Yes, and nobody yeah. else is involved. It's just me no, out there. It's you and the phone. <laughs> <laughs> and so, and so. At one point, I said, you know what, John? It's a run if you say it's a run. So, and that's just how I started defining it. And so it didn't yeah. matter whether I stopped and started. It didn't matter whether most of it was a walk. I just said, you know what? I'm a runner. I'm going to start running. These yeah. are runs. And that's it. Right. And it, it can be whatever it is for you. Um, I think, you know, other people have other things, and it doesn't necessarily have to be exercise, but it could be things that just bring you some sense of accomplishment, some sense of flow, some sense of um, uh, just feeling good about doing something rather than, you know, we've, we as alcoholics spend most of our lives doing less than nothing. Or, <laughs> you know what I mean? Right, Trying to get yeah. away with doing as little as possible. Right. And still getting mm-hmm. drunk. Right. Um, so I, I hear you there. It's just that funny mm-hmm. little fucking conflict in our heads that we can't yeah. let go of and and it is really but just between you yourself <coughs> and your phone you know um that being said i did i only got my my fitbit was only like 120 bucks or 130 bucks but okay. i'm not going to convince you but i i love using it it's for me this but we all have we both have different processes right like you would like when you'd count your calories you did something weird that i like i don't do like i think you just counted them for the day all at once or but then I would eat that something. food like two yes. days later and not yes, count exactly. it. Yes. So you're like, <laughs> okay, here's my entire day. And you just put it all in as calories and be like, okay, there's my 1300. Now I just eat up to that point. Whereas I log everything while I do it. Just mm-hmm. like you do shit on your phone and I do it all on my Fitbit. Mm-hmm. That was, and then, you know, what you're saying about it be, being between you and the phone and this idea you have in your head. Like I'll come home exhausted like if i run more than five right now i get headaches really bad migraines so i have to work my way into it i can't push myself you know Mm. and i know for some people they can run whatever it doesn't matter but that's my magic number if i hit six i know i'm gonna end up with a migraine later on that day i might end up with one today just because i haven't run in two weeks but my wife's like why don't you just run three why do you always have to run five because now i've five is my magic number why do you always have to run five and i'm like because i can that's why. Mm-hmm. Just because I can do it now, mm-hmm. why would I not? I run three and I'm like, yeah, I can run three. It's not enough. But why not five? I can totally do five. As a matter of fact, I've do, I do six. I can totally do six. I just don't want the headache yet. So I have to keep moving myself slowly. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like I'll do five and a half next and then five and three quarters and then right. do that for a little while until you know I know that I won't get a migraine <clears> at the end of the day. I don't know why I do that. Why I get those migraines? I don't know either. Water? Yeah. Are you drinking enough water? Probably. I don't drink a lot of water. I drink a lot of soda. You know, just yeah. chilling, drinking a lot of iced tea. <laughs> well, I you drink... should. I just try. I try to pound water in the morning. And yeah, I, I take a, a big long pee before I go, and then I just go, mm-hmm. and I can usually like dehydrate myself on the run so that I don't. Yeah, but most likely, what it is is water. That's the one fitness thing I don't do. Is like I I drink water, but not. Probably not religiously. Well, I mean, whatever. It's it's helpful. Whatever. If you're, yeah. Um, so health is is a big thing. Um, yeah. So another thing that I'm really uh, one of my favorite things, which is still not, I'm still struggling with now. To give you a little background, um, when I quit my job in 2017, mm-hmm. and. I was like, I'm going to do this podcast. We're going to we're going to blow it up. I'm going to do it full time. Everything's going to work out and the world's going to fucking open up for me, right? Yeah. And yeah. so, but part of that was I had some money saved. Um and so I was like, I'm just going to quit my job and not work. I don't know what that's like. I'm just going to do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, lo and behold, the whole world, most of the world would find out this year what that's like, unfortunately. Yeah. But um should have just held out for a few years, John. <laughs> but that but that that's what helped me to spur on the um and i want to talk about finances mm-hmm. um my my 
the health journey, right? My like the whole thing about getting losing all that weight and getting healthier and and all this stuff was because I had all the time. But when the money that I had began to dwindle, I had these credit cards and um I started just kind of living on them part time and mm-hmm. I started getting like you know I think I I think I was able to squeeze out like 6 months of almost almost 6 months of not working it was great yeah um not going to a job I hated because I don't mind hard work and I don't mind putting myself into things that I love right you just didn't um, want to bartend anymore. Right, dude. exactly. Yeah. Right? Makes sense. You're a recovering alcoholic. <laughs> like, why the fuck do you want to be around the drunks? I yeah. did it for three years. Um, yeah. And slowly but surely, I put myself into credit card debt that I currently mm-hmm. am in. And great, whatever. It doesn't sound to me like I'm really excited about my finances um, or that I'm grateful for them or it's one of my favorite things in sobriety. But in active alcoholism I wouldn't have gotten a credit card I never had any money I would spend every penny that I had on booze or booze related retail therapy or booze related food or Mm -hmm. any of that shit so everything cab fare eating out buying shit I didn't mm -hmm. need right yeah and so now even with the struggles that I have, and I'm still trying to find like maybe like a financial planner to come on the podcast and talk about money and recovery and sobriety. Yeah. Because I think mm-hmm. it's really important. But um but like, okay, so now I've started to come up with a plan. It's like, so this is the number. Again, what do we do? We take our inventory. We go, okay, well, this is what I owe. I started I start I put a budget of everything that I put out in the in in a month. I started logging every single dollar that I take home. Mm-hmm. And then I'm going to be like, okay, well, this is how much money I'm making. This is how much money I owe. This is what I can afford to and sort of knock out the credit card bills. Um, maybe yeah. in the next, you know, we talked about it in the next 18 months. But for me, that was never the case. I was always, I always had a collection agency on my ass. I always yeah. had some, I find, you know, I think I've said this to you before, the Oregon Department of Revenue finally got their last dollar from 2002. Um, yeah. but now I feel like I have more control over it. I may be yeah. in debt. Those numbers may be going in the wrong direction, but I have more control over my finances than I did. And and I know that now is not the best time for a lot of people financially. In fact, it's fucking oh. horrible. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people are probably not, you know, I, I look at having a job and having income as a blessing. Yeah. Cause not everybody yeah. has that shit right now. Yeah. Um, big or small, some people not at all. So, um, but it's it's my perspective and my relationship with the money that I have, and it's not perfect, man. Let's let's. I I want to preface everything I say with that because it's easy to sound like I know what the fuck I'm doing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when there's a microphone on, right? But let's be honest. You just admitted to living off of your credit cards for six months. <laughs> okay, fair enough. That is Never not mind. Sound I don't need to preface it with anything. Advice. Yeah. Yeah. No, but uh, what I'm saying, but but look, look, this is what you're doing though. You're like, hey, I'm I needed to make this mistake in order to maintain my to live. It's not mm-hmm. like you're like, I needed to buy all this stupid shit. You're like, I just needed beans and rice. You know what I, I mean? I did. I was paying my electric yeah. bill with yeah. the credit cards. Now cars. you're gonna you're gonna remedy your your actions that's right. all it is you know yeah <coughs> i i um i can relate because yeah you know me dude i fucking broke my leg and had creditors looking for that metal rod in my leg for years and i'd, I'd get on the phone with them all the time and be like can't squeeze blood from a stone man what are you gonna come i don't own anything i don't have anything what are you mm-hmm. gonna do like repossess my leg really <laughs> give me that rod yeah and then figured it all out you know over time figured it out and as i got sober now i have like actual credit like i have an actual credit score does that mean anything in the grand scheme of things nah i mean it's bullshit it's credit right but if i want to go buy a dumb fucking 80 inch tv and pay that off for the rest of my life i could Mm -hmm. i don't want to but for me to go oh wow look at me i'm a functioning member of society i have an actual credit score that's actually not that's actually says good on it like you know i don't know it feels weird though for me to be like stoked for that Mm mm-hmm like, I feel like the 22-year-old version of me is like, you fucking sold out, man. You fucking sold out. You fucking sell out. Like, you're stoked about your fucking credit score, huh, bitch? You know? Like, right, but I that am, voice, right? But, 
Yeah, but then 45-year-old me is like, well, yeah, if my, you know, if Olive needs to get like something, I can get that for her now. I mean, I'll have to pay for it forever, but I can, you know, let's not be, let's not fucking bullshit here, you know? Like, I will have to pay, my wife and I'll have to pay all that shit off forever, but I can do that. The option's finally there. You know, mm-hmm. I don't have to go save up enough cash to get her an iPad for school. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, I could just borrow the money from chase or whoever it is right right but you're right that voice is really counterproductive but it still makes me laugh though because i'm like you fucking sell out asthma and working for the man (laughs) right but like (laughs) but like that 22 year old asshole wasn't working for anybody but himself right and that coffee coffee corner you know like Mm -hmm. yeah coffee corner five bucks an hour maybe four four or five like five whatever yeah fucking minimum wage was back then Oh my God! Ninety six, ninety five, ninety six. Yeah, having to try. I'm like, man, I need to make up enough money to pay my three hundred dollar a month rent. <laughs> when I lived in that house, it was one hundred and eighty on Charlton for my yeah, share of the room. For your for share, the- that's like nothing now. But back then, that, that was, was like everything. a big fucking number. That was a big number. Yeah, I can't yeah. believe that. That's crazy. One hundred and eighty bucks a month. Woo! Uh, if we had had 180 extra, we would have been walking around in like Coda, like with our gold. I've brought uh-huh. him up a couple times, yeah. but that was so funny where he's talking about how he has a collection of gold Kazal. Those old, those are like the Fat Boys glasses, mm-hmm. you know, the old 80s hip hop <laughs> glasses. <clears throat> Dude, that's that retail therapy, that sobriety. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Amazon, click away and get some new shit and feel good when yeah. it comes. Open up your little package and, you know. And you're like, where the fuck am I going to wear this t-shirt? I'm in fucking quarantine. Like I got a new t- some t-shirts, right? And I was like, yeah, these are going to be dope. But where where am I going to wear them to? Like I don't even go to the store, dude, like right? barely. Yeah. Mm, I'm not going to run the... in them. Yeah, exactly. Um you know, too, like I think about my love of nature and being yeah. able like I feel very fortunate to live where I live that there's lots yeah. of mm-hmm. lots of parks and stuff like that, but I have a memory of going on a couple different hikes, one here and one years ago in like Washington and hating every single fucking minute of it. Like it was either a group thing or like a girlfriend thing or whatever. And just thinking like, I don't want to fucking be here out in nature and this is miserable. And why can't I just be sitting on a bar stool with a drink in my hand? That's where I belong. Mm -hmm. That's where I'm most comfortable. And just the level of misery on going to Jack Lennon Park. I went years ago with a group from from work, from a restaurant I worked at. And it was like 8 o'clock in the morning. And I'm I'm hung over and I'm just I'm yep. so big. Sweating it. Sweating it and just yeah. hating it and not dressed properly. I think I had jeans on and some fucking flu vogs or something. Yeah, like I you was... absolutely had jeans, flu vogs, and like a polyester shirt on you know like it was just oh, the dude. wrong shit and so you're bringing it back uh-huh yeah. yeah so the memories <laughs> so and now i can't wait to get out there i got some shit to yeah. do tomorrow but um i'm definitely gonna go get out there and just have you know have some time out there and it's it's almost like church in a way for me there's mm. definitely a spiritual connection with nature that i had no idea about before yeah you know, I know that you do mostly, you know, you, you do most of your running. I would locally, find but... more trails out here, but I just don't want to drive out there. Yeah. That's it. That's it. That's all it is. If I yeah. could just drive out there, then I'd be like, yeah, I, cause I'm listening to you talk about being out in nature and I'm feeling envious. Like, man, I need it. The end of my track I run goes into a little nature trail. That's about a half a mile or three quarters of a mile that I usually will tack on at the end. Mm-hmm. But I don't, you know, I'm unfamiliar with the trail. I don't want to get lost out in the woods here, too. Like, that would suck. But, I mean, literally, this isn't the woods. Like, I can see backyards and shit. So. <laughs> but, yeah, so it's just that yeah. that that level of connection. And, and whatever it is for anybody listening, it doesn't have to mm-hmm. be It doesn't have to be going to the park. You're, like, going to, Dude, you know. Dude, yeah. yeah. There's something special about it to me that I had no idea about. Right, and I can absolutely relate with those walks where a girlfriend's like, let's go for a hike. And you're like, like yeah, because oh. you're all drunk. And then the next day you're like, I'm going to have to shit out in the woods. <laughs> like, I, this is awful. Right? I mean, that's, yeah, that's another dude. thing. Just the physiological problems that are, I don't deal with anymore that are, are 
Like I'm yeah, healthy dude. and I feel good and yeah, nature is there and I have things that I connect with. You know, you like, and I know that you're doing more artwork and a lot of it is commission stuff, so it's not necessarily right. for you. Mm-hmm. But it's different though. It's different. No, it's different from tattooing because I'm right. actually f- exercising a muscle. I like to exercise. Right. Yeah, it's like exercise. Like these aren't for me, but they are for me in a sense because yeah. Yeah, I'll paint your fucking dog. Like, I'm not really a dog person. I have become more of a dog person painting people's dogs. Like, I like dogs more now that I'm painting mm-hmm. them because I can look at their dumb faces and their stupid eyes and be like, <laughs> you're hilarious. You fucking eat turds or whatever. But but I exercise. It's exercise. <clears throat> it's meditation and exercise. And I put on a book and just fucking paint hair around a dog's eye and just love it because I'm, like, <laughs> flexing that muscle. Uh-huh. So right now I'm working on a commission portrait of a person. And I'm like loving it because I'm like, I get to paint skin. You know what I mean? Like I get to paint, like I get to get into it. That's why the other day you're like, let's have this meeting. I'm like, dude, I got to get out there. Like this person's been waiting and I've been waiting. Like, and I was out there for like five fucking hours just listening to the stand and painting skin. You know, like I love it, dude. That's That's my church. Yeah. I know. I mean, I think about that because I don't, um, I'm still I'm still struggling with, you know, my hours and my job and yeah, you know, things yeah, like so my schedule's it's not I haven't found a groove just yet. Yeah. And I loved the groove that I had where there's been a couple of days I've I've done it where I get up at like five thirty or six in the morning and I just have like a couple hours to kind of just wake up and read and write. And mm-hmm. I wanna get more into that and that's that that's coming, I think, again. It's just but finding that groove with like something that you love. Um, yeah, especially when you talk about painting and you're, I was out there for five hours and yeah, you know, stuff like that, that your daughter, I think sometimes you don't think about it, but she's like, daddy's in the, you know, why is daddy spending so much time in the garage? And it's like, he loves to do this thing. And like, it's, oh yeah, she comes yeah. out with me sometimes. She has a little yeah. canvas she paints on. Yeah. So, I mean, I think that's something to think about too. And you're like, I don't want to fuck up this kid. It's like, well, right. I mean, exactly. I think, I think just your life is a good lesson right. for her. Or your day. I don't know. I'm not. This is so funny. What's daddy doing out in the garage for five hours? Like I drinking mean, and you're right, drinking exactly. and masturbating. It could be Just, something. It could, you know, I mean, it very well, it very easily could have been the other way around. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Because I drank and painted in the garage. I mean, that's what I've always done. I remember someone at work being like, well, you don't paint anymore because you don't, you're sober, right? So it's just, it's not the same. And I didn't have the heart to be like, no, I don't paint because this job I'm doing right now takes all that inspiration and pushes it into a different place. And I don't mm-hmm. feel, I feel I'm too tired. Like this just takes everything out of me, you know? Yeah. <clears throat> but um, I paint and drank a lot. That was my shit. Mm-hmm. I burnt cigarette incense and drank a fifth of whiskey painting and then have to go and fix everything the next day. Or destroy it. Or destroy it or punch a hole through it and, you know, tear it in half. Oh, yeah, I did that. Smash it with a fucking hammer. I've done all that shit. This ain't about my greatest hits, though. <laughs> it's about a compilation album. Oh, but yeah. Um, I don't know, man. I, I think, to something that I learned this year, and mm-hmm. very recently, um, and I haven't done any research on this idea that I've had, <laughs> So, and and because I, I don't know if it's an actual thing or if it's just something in my brain. Uh-huh. But, so, you have always said on this podcast that acceptance is one of the biggest tools that you have, yeah. you have used. That's one of the most important things that you, I mean, I hear it from you more than I hear it from myself. But mm-hmm. more and more during not just during sobriety, but in 2020 and with, um, with the pandemic, with, um, struggles that I've had financially struggles that I've had with my relationship with all of the, um, with the civil rights movement that has been sparked this year Mm -hmm. with everything divisively political with, um, with all of the injuries I have sustained from running from my food addictions from my still, we haven't even, I haven't even brought it up, but like still dealing with alcoholism. Um, this acceptance and this idea of acceptance, like, 
And I started to think about like, what would it mean to just accept everything as it is? Like, and I started thinking about this idea of radical acceptance. Right. And so I don't know if it's an actual thing or not, but I'm, I'm making it one today for me. Um, mm-hmm. And which is not to say that I won't stand up for myself, which is not to say that I won't go for what I want, which is not to say that I won't assert myself mm-hmm. when something I feel isn't right or yeah. I think I need it to be another way because of something that I desire. Like there's nothing wrong with that. But <clears throat> when I take a breath and go, you know what? This is the way it is. And if I truly, truly fucking believe, if I'm going to have any real kind of faith in this higher power that I don't fully understand, but that's mm-hmm. part of the recovery and part of the the getting over the alcoholism and spiritual awakening and epiphanies and all that stuff, yeah. then I have to accept it as part of the greater good, no matter what it is, no matter yeah. who's in my face saying something, right? No matter, and this is stupid, but it's real, no matter what somebody posts on their Facebook page, Instagram post, Twitter tweets, oh, geez. Pinterest yeah. page, whatever else, you know what I mean? So yeah. all, the, so all mm-hmm. the social media... Whatever somebody says, what I have to accept it as part of the greater good. And there's this word that I want to, um, I want to, um, and I wish I would have had it prepared because I'm going to lose momentum in my talk. But- yeah, I thought you had already had it prepared. I was like, here we word- go. He's got his notes and everything. Uh-huh. So the word, it's- I believe, is... Um, I believe it's telelectic is mm-hmm. the word. Am I wrong here? I don't know. Uh, I'm going to have to find it now. God damn it. Um, yeah, this will be the, the little added the little added part. You're like footnote. <laughs> the word is. So I believe the word is telelectic. And the idea of the the word is that everything is happening for a reason, right? And we hear this a lot. Yeah. Um, we hear this a lot, right? And it's, um, I'll have to find the word, unfortunately. But, and it's easy to hear it and go like, yeah, whatever, dude. Everything happens for a reason. What about colon cancer in children? Right. And so I don't have all of the answers about everything in the fuck under the sun. Like, I don't have those, but... I don't need to have those, right? I just need to accept things for me, for today, and and what what I need to get through my day and not drink. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, like, okay, something bad has happened, something horrible, something. There's there there are any number of bad things that are going to happen in my life. You know, my mother is going to die one day, right? People I know and love are going to die. I'm just using that as an example of something that's inevitable. It's valid, though, yeah. So how am I going to deal with that? Right. Am I going to... There's nothing wrong with processing emotion. There's nothing wrong with crying and grieving and all that shit. It's great, yeah. Um, But the idea of fighting against it or resisting it, you know, Buddha says suffering is just resisting what is. And so... Mm. I'm really, really trying hard to, when somebody comes at me with something, whether it's whatever the issue is, that I go, okay, I accept that. And that it doesn't have to get under my skin, right? Mm-hmm. I heard this in a meeting one time, and this old dude, old crusty guy got up, and he had this amazing, beautiful share. And he said, you know what, man? We all got buttons on us. Mm-hmm. And people see them, and they love to push the buttons. And he said, part of my recovery is getting rid of all those buttons. Yeah. And I was like, that's what it is. It's this yeah. radical Damn. acceptance of everything. Yeah. Everything. And right. you know, what is it what makes you angry? Well, what part again, it go the fourth step then my sponsor was like, add that last column. What is your part in this? Yeah. Am I angry at something in the yeah. news? Okay. Well, maybe turn off the news or <laughs> or you know i'm just I'm, you're maybe, absolutely maybe, right maybe i'm, I'm pointing a finger at you a little bit but yeah i know you're poking you're pushing some buttons over here damn it but no but this is right though i needed to hear this I, you keep going but i do need to hear this though and this so is exactly I think, what i needed 
Um, but the thing is, is that yes, it's about letting go of those buttons because there is never, there's going to be no shortage of people right. who are going to want to push them, and they're going to yeah. look for you. You know, and I've worked with people in the past who are nothing but trolls and just like to fucking oh, poke yeah, so and prod, right? Yeah. And so it's like that entire fucking tattoo shop I worked at. It was all <laughs> troll breeding ground. Um, <clears throat> but, except for like one dude. <laughs> but it's it it's like, me. but it is it it's 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 for me getting rid of those buttons because if I don't have those buttons then they can't bother me and I can be more focused on the things that I want to create and do in my life correct for me so that's my new thing that I am trying and calling radical acceptance that I just honestly thought about and came up with in the last week and a half I love it I love (laughs) it and this is why I was saying I needed to hear it because I feel like a lot of my dour mood has to do with the fact that I'm not accepting the position I'm in right now like we are just I am in lockdown I can go out of lockdown I can go out there and be a fucking ding dong and go out in the world and high five and give kisses and do all the shit I'm not supposed to be doing and Mm -hmm. probably get sick or get someone else sick I could absolutely do that but this is the choice I'm making for myself so I have to accept it you know same politics you're absolutely right I can you just stop watching YouTube. I don't even have Facebook, and I'm still fucked up on politics. I got rid of Facebook like three years, like four years ago, because of politics. Before Trump, I got rid of Facebook. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah, yeah. But so it is what it is. I'm the one, you know. I've deleted Twitter twice already and gone back on it, and it's it just I don't know, man. I don't know. I just yeah. gotta stop doing that shit. Yeah. Yeah, I'm probably gonna dump the Facebook this this year at the end. I mean, I it's don't not. Really... It doesn't help me with anything. If I could get rid of Instagram now, at this point, if people weren't messaging me for commission paintings, I can't. If I if right. no if I was getting nothing out of Instagram, I would have dumped that too. Mm-hmm. Absolutely would have dumped it. Yeah, but I'm actually getting work through it, so I'm like, well, fuck, Zuckerberg. I guess I gotta play your little game. Because <laughs> you're coming at me personally, right? Just gotta, dude. Uh, I was, I would say you gotta get on TikTok, but I think the band's already in place. So, I already have TikTok. Oh, that's though. right. Yeah, I'd be watching that shit and being like either confused or laughing most of the time. Basically, Young right? People confuse me, but I love them. Isn't that Young hilarious people. that we're at yeah. this age where I'm like watching somebody who's in their 20s, and I'm like, what the fuck are you trying to say? And so, part of me, like, sometimes I'll get into it, and I'm like, okay, I need to go Google that word. And find out yeah. what the slang is, mm-hmm. you know, when somebody says no cap. And um, I don't know what that is either. It basically means, what does it mean? It means like totally. Like, oh, no, there's no cap on it. Like I'm being real with you. No right? cap. Or, to- yeah, no, or does like it that. mean I agree with you? Anyway, it's being I'll honest. Yeah. Anyhow, oh. w- look it up. But it was funny because right. we were we were talking we were talking at the restaurant about a large larger party. It was like ten people, and you know when they put a chair on each end of the of the bigger party, they call it a cap. And so our uh, man, our manager was like, "Yeah, no, we'll do five and five, no cap." Mm-hmm. And I didn't I didn't want to say like, "Yo, I'm being real with you, <laughs> Gen Z." You know, he's using no cap. He wasn't using Gen Z uh, slang. He was just talking about the cap on the end. Do you of say the it table. first or last? Do, am he's I like, "Yo, John, no cap"? I fucking love butts. I think you'd be like, no I cap. love, I love no, no butt, I love butts, no cap. I think you say it at, I, at the end. I love lady butts, no cap, <laughs> no cap. <laughs> I think so. I think that's twenty twenty. <laughs> so I found the word. Okay. And I was very close. Um, it's telelogical. Telelogical. Okay. I was over here looking at <clears throat> telelectric on my phone too, just finding yeah. weird websites. Right. <laughs> mm-hmm. Telelogical. And this is this is the thing that struck me, and I. Um, I think there was a guy by the name of Ezra Klein, and he does a lot of political reporting. And I really, yeah, I know the name. I'm familiar with it. Yeah, Mm -hmm. extraordinarily intelligent to listen to Mm -hmm. him talk about these big ideas. Um, but anyhow, so telelogical and um of or relating to to telology, um, the philosophical doctrine that final causes, design, and purpose exist in nature. Um, the doctrine that final causes exist, meaning that everything happens for a reason, mm-hmm. which is an, for me, sometimes impossible thought to hold. But mm. especially when I'm in pain or I'm frustrated or I'm angry right. or I'm sad. But it's like if I accept the sadness as part of whatever the greater good is, then it can't be bad. And that helps me to ease the sadness and work through it a little bit better. 
Right. That there'll be a product, a beneficial, or not even a beneficial, just a product at the end of this. There will be a product, something that I need or something that I want, something that I require. So that's my new, that is my new philosophy, Jerry. I haven't, like I said, it might already be out there in the world. And if it is, great. Um, but well, we'll report in next week and see how you're doing. <laughs> It'll all just be part of the plan, bro. I don't know. It's all I don't part know. of the Johnny's plan. <clears throat> My higher power. Um, the higher. You know, and it's funny. I also, uh, I also have to laugh at the dichotomy of my life. Sometimes we had, we did the episode where I talked about being a bartender. Uh huh. Being dichotomy. I have to go now. I have to get out yeah. of here. Um, because I have to go help uh, make some sangria for next weekend at the restaurants. Nice. <laughs> so nice. I gotta go get knee deep in about a case of wine and some fucking so Midori. Fucking gross. Good luck. At least you get to wear a mask, dude. Yeah, exactly. Right. You don't have right? to smell it. Yeah. Um. Is there anything else, Jerry? Are there any other final, final parting words for? Nah. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> nah. Fuck that. <laughs> Um, just you know what it'll be okay I needed to hear you talk about acceptance because I think a lot of my problems right now not only are psychological because I have you know fucking chronic depression but on top of it I think a lot of it is triggered by being not accepting what's going on around me and trying to fight against it so I appreciate hearing that so I would say yeah that's it cool on my end just I needed to accept some shit and if you're out there listening you'll be alright just roll with it just just you know, do don't do what we tell you, but just listen to what we're saying. You know what? I don't want to say any of that shit at all. Let's just forget I said that. Just um, yeah. Don't do uh, don't do anything. We're grateful. We're grateful that you're listening. Yes, thanks. And John. we hope that you find some nuggets of truth and help. Right. In some of the rambling musings. Right. Thanks again for listening. Our music, as always, is by Neglect. You can find more of his stuff at neglect.bandcamp.com. And you can find us on all social media platforms that matter, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And you can reach us at aisforalcoholic at gmail.com. Talk to you later. Yeah.